0: Hey everybody, this week we sat down and recorded an episode on the two bookends to the Jurassic Park saga, uh, spanning from the first Jurassic Park to the current last Jurassic World. The conversation ended up going extremely long, so we cut it into two sections, so here's the first part. Ah. Uh. Right. This week First of all, welcome back to the Movie Malarkey Podcast This week we are doing a Comparison Yes of Versus
1: Versus <laughs> You know, that's what all the that's what all the YouTube traffic is these days, versus series, you know.
0: <laughs> well, we're going to start a trend here. Yep. Um, so we've done series before. We we're go- to re- doing a top
1: re- ten list, but there's only two options. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> well, I always
0: tell people, we review a Remarkable or Movies, either Remarkably Good or Remarkably Bad. So we hmm. just skipped all of the Unremarkable movies in between.
1: Oh, are, are they Unremarkable? I haven't seen I them. I
0: felt that they were very Unremarkable. Um
1: well, I've never felt that I was missing anything by not seeing the rest of them, so I guess, you know...
0: Sometimes, though, you don't know what you're missing. They
1: must be unremarkable.
0: Um, so, this week we're talking about Jurassic Park. Yes, and we we are. have done series before uh, with Parts of the Caribbean, but I think each one of those movies was remarkable and mm. related to each other, so... Um, you had never seen the first one, so I'm no. interested in your thoughts on it, because I've... Uh, I, I saw it first when I was 10 years old. Oh. And uh, you will relate to my pain here because uh, I had to wait till I was 10 to watch it. And then as soon as I watched it, all my siblings were able to watch it too. Oh, of course. Down yeah. to like my six year old sister. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is so cool. I get to watch this dinosaur movie. And then all my siblings got to watch it too.
1: Yeah. So so we watched Jurassic Park, the very first one. And then we watched the most recent, as of recording, uh, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Um, because we thought it was the first of the new ones and it was in fact the second one.
0: Yeah, I uh, found it in the $5 bin at Walmart. I thought, well, <laughs> exactly where it belongs. I thought I didn't like this movie when I saw it the first time, so it will be something worth uh, reviewing and then it turns out uh between what was was the first one just Jurassic World? Of, yeah, I think it was new, just Jurassic World. Of the new ones and then this is Jurassic World Jurassic. Fallen Kingdom.
1: And we just found out that they're recording a new one um that I have already forgotten the name of.
0: And it's supposed to be coming out in twenty twenty and we know that Jeff Goldblum will be in it and that's about all we know so far. Twenty twenty two. Sorry, twenty twenty two. It's
1: supposed to come out last year. No. <laughs> <laughs> Actually though, it may have it may have originally been scheduled for last year. Hollywood's very, been a little uh, very behind. Well, very for well a while. could be. It says it's in post production. Yeah, it is.
0: Um
1: so interestingly, and we'll get to this as we go through our reviews, I felt that after watching these two, there's a lot of interesting sort of things that you can pull out. To compare just generally speaking old move older movies and more recent movies if you take these two as sort of uh sort of stereotypical examples but we'll get into that okay later
0: well this was a steven spielberg film and mm. this was like a i don't know one of those defining films of the past that filmmakers oh, yeah. look back on and say you know I mean, you'll look at all kinds of modern movies and you'll see all kinds of tropes and things done in mm-hmm. these movies i can't bring any to mind at the moment but yeah, amongst was, filmmaking circles this movie has always brought up as being one of the best
1: I, i've always been a little embarrassed to admit that i haven't seen jurassic park so i feel better now there you go um yeah no it's 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 a it's a very popular movie i imagine it was very popular when it came out yes. i wasn't alive at the time in,
0: in 1993 <laughs> um, <laughs> i was uh, not born yet either i was born next year
1: but yeah it's uh and which is actually my, the first note that i wrote down um the opening of this movie could have been fascinating If everyone didn't already know about Jurassic Park Like, the, the reveal of there being actual living dinosaurs mm-hmm. In this park that they go to visit mm-hmm. Would have been jaw-dropping But, you know, much like the twist ending of Star Wars The fact that Darth Vader is in fact Luke's father That's just been ruined for everyone now What? <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, it's, it's unfortunate that these movies came out before we were alive but uh did uh, a good job of just jumping right into the action and getting you hooked.
1: Yeah, no, and some the, guy just died because their their safety protocols for releasing a dinosaur into the park were horrible.
0: <laughs> so, I think, you know, I'd generally like to do a recap of the story before we get into it, but I think everybody's seen it and knows the general story if they haven't, so I think we should just dive right in. I mean,
1: for the sake of, of flow, I, we could try to sort of just go through... Our notes as we wrote them down, which will generally take us through the movie. That's what we generally but do. But we, may, to, we might jump around a little.
0: Bit. I, I, well, I mean, I try to always just give a little recap before we jump into our notes. Oh, I We'll see. skip that this time. Yeah. Um, so, so the
1: opening scene could have benefited, benefited from less marketing. Yes. You already know, oh, it's a dinosaur in the cage. Like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Though, a pretty good looking dinosaur yeah. as far as like the the effects holding up because we don't see very much of it. And so they were able to do, I imagine, most of it with Uh puppetry, animatronics, that sort of thing, which holds up really well.
0: Yeah, there was a lot of uh, animatronics and some CGI in this movie. Uh, Mm. It was filmed in 93, so I think this would have been probably some pretty top-notch stuff for that.
1: Oh, yeah. It would have been mind-blowing at the
0: time, I'm sure. So even though there was dinosaur marketing, I think that scene would have still been pretty awesome to whoever saw it. Right. Uh, Then we cut to the dig site, where... Mm -hmm. And we go from this crazy action scene to the <laughs> archaeology site where they're just <laughs> to digging some up.
1: Old, some old people digging up bones
0: in the desert. They do a lot of good cuts in this movie. Um, yeah. Juxtaposition or just comparison, comparing things. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, our heroes, Grant and Ellie, are working on this dig site. Um, they're using some sort of sonar to find uh-huh. the skeletons below the surface. Um, where were they? Arizona?
1: I think so It actually mentioned something in the in the like Goofs section on IMDb That the Velociraptor that they're digging up Has never been found anywhere other than Asia And
0: um, also I want to say, quick spoiler um, Velociraptors, I believe Real Velociraptors were only Three feet tall or less and Yeah, it's, they...
1: it gets brought up a lot I'd never seen the movies, but I had heard this before That the Velociraptors were actually based on Some other kind of dinosaur
0: and in this movie, they're uh, are yeah. always at least six feet tall. So yeah, yeah, they're not uh, not an accurate representation. They were made up for this movie. And I think there's a lot of stuff in we'll say science pop culture, like mm. the stuff, like the mm-hmm. if you walked up to someone on the street and asked them dinosaur effects, they would bring up stuff from this movie yeah. that aren't necessarily true or even taught at all anywhere. It's yeah,
1: just, because this is like the core of so many people's knowledge of dinosaurs uh-huh, is just uh-huh. these movies. Uh-huh. Honestly, you know what? I find that deeply admirable because you know what the reality is when you're making a movie about dinosaurs you pick the one with the cool sounding name you don't pick the one that's actually scientifically accurate because for crying out loud it's a movie not a science class
0: all right so we're at the dig and there's a bunch of adults around there digging and then all of a sudden this random yeah, kid this shows random
1: up child okay so uh, shout out to Wit Hertford
0: as volunteer boy who,
1: as volunteer boy who looks just so snotty. He does. Like, does such a good job of being an obnoxious child at uh-huh. a dig site. Also, why are, Why is there a child at
0: the dig site? Yeah, just he's just, just some random fat kid that shows up and is like,
1: that doesn't look that scary. Right.
0: And then Grant proceeds to scare him, so this
1: is, I guess, where we find out Grant doesn't like kids. Um, also, uh, this child who shows up at the uh, dig site in the middle of Arizona, for those of you gamers out there, voices some of the monster voices in Diablo 3 Reaper of Souls. I just learned that while we were recording.
0: Interesting.
1: Okay. Anyway, moving on. Nothing
0: but the most up to date news here, folks. Good job, Whit Hertford. You're learning it as we are. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, so then, uh, John Hammond shows up with his helicopter and yes. blasts sand all over their site. I love this character. Sand blasting everything and covering everything back up.
1: Oh no, he, that's a terrible move. But I love this character.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, he's a great character. Mm-hmm. Um, he makes a very quick exit from the helicopter into their camper. Yeah, how did that work? I, I don't know.
1: Okay, I thought I had missed something, but, like, nope. the helicopter is still in the middle of landing, and then the helicopter pilot points over at their trailer, and this old dude is already in there. Did he, like, jump out of the helicopter?
0: Well, we know he's got a flair for the dramatic, so maybe he just took off running because he wanted to have that dramatic action. I have no idea. Like, okay, so
1: I'm glad that I didn't just miss something. Okay. No.
0: This... Is one of the greatest films in history, but there are quite a few uh, plot errors, Mm, I would say. But uh, I think fans just give those a pass because the movie's so great.
1: I think that's a lesson that a lot of filmmakers don't learn, is that a lot of the time you can sacrifice those little details for the sake of making the story better. Mm -hmm. Because when it comes down to it, if you don't notice while you're watching the movie, and it makes the experience better, Mm -hmm. and then you watch it later, and you're like, oh, hey, there's a plot hole there. Doesn't really matter. Like you've accomplished your goal of making the movie better.
0: Mm-hmm. There's uh in this movie in general, it does a good job of just getting all of the character introduction out of the way right it's away. That's true. So and all can... of the
1: characters I appreciated this so much. It, it it came up to me really clearly while they were in the helicopter. Um, all of the characters, very visually distinct, mm-hmm. they're all wearing different colors that are yeah. distinct from each other, uh-huh. and they all have like Simple but distinctive personalities And they uh-huh. stick to those personality traits yes. All the time uh, They also did it a It makes job, it so
0: easy to track who is who They did a good job introducing them in their element as well Yeah In a different element So you knew what they were about So yeah. Grant got introduced at the the dig site Malcolm got introduced well in the helicopter um, Yeah And then um, Nedry What's his name? Dennis Nedry mm. uh, Got introduced in Jamaica or something like that Yeah but all different locations, so yep. I thought that was really good, and it just, it, their location tells you a lot about who they are. Yes, yeah. It's the old show, don't tell. They, 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 they each
1: get their own, like, little setting that, that helps to jumpstart that character introduction. hmm Which is amazing. And for people who are horrible at remembering which characters are which, when we watch movies, uh-huh. I had no trouble in this movie.
0: Yep. Uh, I remember names because I've seen this movie so many times, but yes, I also struggle with names. Um... Uh, yeah. Oh, I needed to quickly address uh, when we had got introduced to Dennis Nedry. And he's mm-hmm. sitting there eating pie. Oh uh, my he, god. He's eating. Dude brings up the barbasol can, which he's going to try to sneak out the uh-huh. dinosaur embryos uh-huh. in. He, he squirts some some uh, shaving cream into his mm-hmm. hand. It on just the pie. Sticks it on somebody's pie. It was Chekhov's shaving <laughs> cream on the pie, but it <sighs> never got paid off. We never got to see anybody it's eat. Really it's a shame. A oh my gosh! Disappointed.
1: I'm so happy to have finally seen the source of that meme about where he's, like, yelling the guy's <laughs> name and then just, see, look, nobody cares. that's in <sighs>
0: We that's in here!
1: See, nobody cares. <laughs> I, I, I honestly thought that that scene was from Seinfeld. Like, I did not realize <laughs> that it was from Jurassic Park. I didn't know that Newman was in Jurassic Park. Oh, yeah. Um, Newman gets around. Oh, man. It was... I love that scene. I love this character. He's so good at being just the worst person. Like, you just want to hit him every time you see him. It's so great. Yes. Oh, oh
0: he's, he's very good. Yeah. Um, yeah. After the introduction, we cut to everybody in a helicopter flying to the island.
1: Mm-hmm. Really slow build on this. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I was continually more and more impressed the longer the movie went on at how how patient they were Mm -hmm. in the progression of the story like they 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 establish the characters they they build the setting they build the anticipation as you're like driving through the jungle Mm -hmm. nothing you've not seen any dinosaurs yet but you know they're there and it just slowly builds and builds and builds until you finally get that and and it's so much better than Mm -hmm. i don't know certain other movies that have less restraint
0: (laughs) you know i want to review the movie meg the meg (laughs) Um, i haven't seen it yet but like they show the monster in the trailer so i don't know what kind of story there is there
1: modern filmmaking we're getting worse and worse at concealing the monster now you see it before you go to see the movie (laughs) yeah (laughs)
0: um anyway uh so we've got the the classic jurassic park theme as they're Mm -hmm. flying to the island it's such a good theme yeah and like i said i was 10 when i first saw this it was like the perfect age it was so magical and that theme i mean it's such a great theme it's john williams Mm -hmm. and it just it just got such a magical feel to it i've got so much nostalgia for that theme as so many other people do as well
1: okay so the scene where like they're they're in the jeeps they've started the tour You've met the lawyer who's, like, talking the guy, uh, John Hammond's ear off about, like, all this and that and the other thing. And that's and then,
0: Gennaro, played by Martin Ferrero. Yes,
1: <laughs> Martin Ferrer. <laughs> Um And then they see the, what is it, Brachiosaurus or something? It's not mm. a Brontosaurus, because that's the wrong name. Honestly, nobody cares. Um, it, <laughs> the big, long-neck one. Yep. And it occurred to me that, as, a, as impressive as the CGI effects and the puppets and the animatronics are to making these dinosaurs look realistic and they they do really well for 1993 more impressive is the actor's reactions to nothing Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) yeah there's some really phenomenal acting in this movie and that's where it shows the most
1: you've got these actors who look like they've seen a dinosaur in real Mm -hmm. life and they're looking at nothing Mm -hmm. that's so impressive to me
0: (laughs) Yep, that's where good acting really stands out when they got nothing to act against. Um, I wanted to make a quick note here uh, before we move too much further because uh, mm, it's, yeah. it, it happened in the helicopter. So, um, main character Dr. Grant's having trouble with his seatbelt. Mm-hmm. He ends up tying two female halves of a seatbelt together. Yep, because life will find a way. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I didn't realize that until just this year. I've been watching this film for, you know, 17-plus years now. Somebody, there's a a great uh, podcast uh, called The Sound? What's it called? I'll find it out. I'll figure it out for you. Um, where the guy's talking about movie scores, and uh, he's, he brings that up briefly while he's talking about the score of the film. <laughs> and so it's just a little foreshadowing oh my gosh he ties the two halves together and
1: if he okay so if that exists in this movie how much other stuff did we miss because Mm -hmm. i that had to have been intentional
0: Uh right oh yeah definitely i think so i mean it was brought. oh my goodness it was brought up in the podcast as if it was a well-known thing and i had never noticed
1: that hurts me so much i can't believe that's that's so good
0: um so then we got the dinosaur <clears throat> intro and I just have a quick note that the CGI isn't the worst. It's no. it's passable. It, it's pretty okay actually. It, yeah, it survives it survives the years. Um I think the worst CGI in this movie was probably comparable or maybe a little better than like the worst green screen effects in Lord of the Rings. Which is I'm having cool.
1: a hard time like I don't know. Lord of the Rings, I'm so biased on because yeah. it's just such a like completely engrossing experience that uh-huh. I I'm not even looking for like green screen mistakes yeah. so mm-hmm. as far as i can as, as i remember that whole movie is perfect um
0: oh i think the podcast is called the soundtrack show okay just before i forget but yes um <laughs> we as we've established before we hold up the lord of the rings as the gold standard oh by yeah which we compare <laughs> all other movies <laughs> um so uh, so then we get the intro on how they did this extracting the dna from the mosquito
1: Oh, I am totally here for this nonsense science mumbo-jumbo that barely makes sense. I am here for so, it. I appreciate its existence. Um, I, they made it sound <laughs> realistic. Yeah, I mean, this is the perfect level of sci-fi for me where it's like mm-hmm. they did just enough to explain like, yeah, sure, but if you go any further into it, then you attract like the real science nerds who then mm-hmm. tell you all the reasons why it's wrong. Mm-hmm. If you do just a little bit, it's perfect.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um I, I've heard recently though that there is a possibility that they may be able to bring mammoths back. <laughs> I think they've gotten the DNA from like frozen bones. Somebody get
1: Jeff Goldblum to go and tell them why that's a bad idea. Yeah, so I'm just thinking, like, <laughs> oh, yeah, what could possibly go wrong?
0: I was listening to another podcast, and the one guy is saying, you know, there's no problem bringing back mammoths because we can see those. You know, don't resurrect like some ancient viruses or something like that. Right. So apparently, they discovered some ancient viruses and some ice core samples that they have oh, taken. Yeah, maybe
1: don't do that. And so. <laughs>
0: Of course, the discussion turned to Jurassic Park. Mm. So, what mm-hmm. can possibly mm-hmm. go wrong?
1: Also, saber-toothed tigers—I don't need those in my life. <laughs> let's just not let's not yep. go messing with the Ice Age. Uh huh.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> you ever been to um, the tar pits in? Uh, I think it's was it? the La, La, like the Labrea tar La pits, Brea tar pits, yeah, La Brea tar pits I in California. So. Mm. I went out there. I've been to California, like, once, but we... Okay.
1: We were kind of busy with a
0: bunch of other stuff, so... 2019, I was out there, and, uh, man, they've got... This is in California, USA, and they pulled so much stuff out of there, out of those pits: um, Giant sloths that are eight feet tall, um, giant bears, woolly mammoth skeletons. Like, there's so much stuff that you would never have thought... Eight-foot mammoth? Or no, uh, an eight-foot yeah. sloth? Uh-huh. Huh. Yeah, giant ground sloths. If I was, like, two huge. more feet,
1: that would have... <laughs> <laughs> they,
0: uh... They... They look like bears, basically. That's that's wild. Um, they say that that's how avocado trees used to get spread, is the giant sloths could swallow them whole, so they wouldn't crunch up the seeds. And oh, the they, avocados, not the trees. Yeah. Okay, no, you yeah. had me for a second Sorry. there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, you they, they
0: couldn't swallow the trees whole, just the avocados, and so the seeds would get oh, spread. My yeah. Anyway, it's just it's just crazy this the amount of stuff that was alive on our continent that is extinct now
1: speaking know. of things that are old and extinct the computers in this movie oh my goodness <laughs> hey man, i love them they were top of the line i love them time. so much yeah because because he, he's talking about how like the whole facility is state-of-the-art and cutting edge and uh-huh. there's these old computers uh-huh. with their unix processing system it's yep. like oh my goodness this is amazing oh, i love it
0: Um, Just another quick note, not to a story, but just a behind-the-scenes thing. Mm. Um, The sound effects of the dinosaurs, I believe that the the T-Rex is the big one, I think, that gets brought up. And Mm -hmm. I believe it was, if my memory serves me, the combination of uh, a baby elephant, a whale breathing, and a koala breathing, along with probably some other stuff, too. But sound design is fascinating when you look at all the things that get layered together to make new sounds.
1: So just like to have some crazy scientist guy who's ramming together different DNA strands, there's mm-hmm. some sound editor somewhere just ramming together different animal noises. Uh-huh. <laughs>
0: um, Samuel L. Jackson appears in this movie. I, I don't know what movies he's appeared in before, but he's actually not a bad guy, for once. Yeah.
1: Um, he's great in this movie. Great,
0: great actor, as always.
1: There are a few actors who can hold a cigarette in the corner of their mouth as effectively <laughs> as Samuel L. Jackson does in this movie.
0: That's true.
1: Uh yeah. No, and uh yeah. It's uh it's really cool. Like some one of the things that stood out to the most about this movie, and this is maybe like something that should be brought up in the conclusion, but whatever. There's like there's no character or line that goes to waste in this movie. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's it's just a completely closed loop of setup set ups and payoffs. Except for that Barbasol on the pie thing. But like, so upset about that. <laughs> every character is there because they have to be for the story to work, and if they're not necessary, they just aren't there. There's like, there's basically no side characters. Mm. There's no unnecessary yep. love interest. There's mm-hmm. no nonsense. It's just this character is here. Like for example, you know, you've got your two main characters. One of them's there because he's the dinosaur expert, and he's also like, you know, a little bit more adventurous. We'll we'll say. And then you've got Jeff Goldblum's character who's there to present sort of like the chaos theory as he keeps talking about sort of the mathematical logical objection to what's going on. Mm-hmm. You've got the the female lead who's there because she's the the plant expert and like sort of the veterinarian air quotes or whatever and she's there to tell the story with the male lead. Like they're all there for a, a specific purpose. They're not just there because we need this character and this character and this character for it to be a, a movie.
0: hmm yeah, they were very efficient with that. Mm-hmm. Um, where am I at here? I don't know. Oh, I had a quick note. Um, Muldoon, the, the ranger guy. Yeah. I love that character. I like him He's, a lot, too. He's so knowledgeable. He's like the the guy in the room that brings people back to reality. And he's, uh, he's not
1: there for very long, but I love I every know. scene that he's in.
0: Yeah. <laughs> he's not a jerk, but he's always serious mm-hmm. uh, about the dangers of what's going on. He's just
1: yeah. like, I know this is going to go wrong. It's just a question of when. <laughs> it's kind of like
0: he knows it's going to go wrong, and he can help a lot in fixing it, so he's sticking around to mm-hmm. help things when they go wrong. <laughs> I've been there before. Uh, um, and uh, he, he's the kind of guy, when he starts talking, everybody stops and listens to what he yeah. has to say. He's He's a very... In movies, this is my complaint a lot. They uh, they have the the strong character, lead character, or whatever, and they often do this with lead female characters because they're trying to shoehorn agendas in. Uh, <laughs> where they have their their strong character, but they end up just being like an
1: arrogant jerk, like certain other movies that happened later in this franchise. <laughs> yeah, um, that's why I say, <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> and they, they 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 just make the the character. Basically, just a, an arrogant jerk, rather than making them a good character who people actually want to follow yeah. and listen to. Yeah.
1: Because, because in reality, like if if Muldoon, this character, was not incredibly knowledgeable and like good at expressing that knowledge mm-hmm. and useful, he wouldn't be there. Mm-hmm. They'd have gotten rid of him. Mm-hmm. It just it doesn't make sense. Anyway, separate rant. <laughs> uh, but I'm just saying that
0: stands yeah. out most. With the female characters that they try to shoehorn
1: in. Yeah, you're you're totally right. I think that's just something that's happened to movies in general. Like you could blame it on Jurassic World, but like just oh yeah, well every movie it's happens just an
0: example in this franchise, which I'll probably talk a little bit more on later because it's just a, yeah. a source spot for me with movies.
1: So anyway, getting back to sort of our, our run through the movies, you have all of this build up, mm-hmm. this very slow build, and then finally we see like there's the the herbivores. You know, mm-hmm. those are the nice ones. But of course, in the back of your mind, you're like, "Oh wait, no, hold on." There are other kinds of dinosaurs, mm-hmm. and we even get a little bit of foreshadowing where, like, he talks about, "Oh yeah, we have a T Rex," and they're both just like kind of excited and like mm-hmm. scientifically interested in the fact that they have a T Rex. And then he's like, "Oh yeah, and we also have Raptors," and the main characters just like, "You have what?" <laughs> <laughs> and we we don't see
0: them right away, but we see them getting fed. Yeah, they're fed a whole yeah. cow.
1: And just. Uh, I, I I suppose I have Steven Spielberg to thank for this but like again the restraint in Mm -hmm. knowing the limitations of the technology that you have Mm -hmm. because the reality is they could have shown the dinosaurs a lot more Mm -hmm. if they had wanted to but and it would have looked great in 1993 but we wouldn't still be talking about this movie as much Mm -hmm. if they only looked great in 1993 Yep. but they they reined themselves in and only showed the dinosaurs as much as they knew they could make them look good and so you have scenes where the, like the raptors are fed, where you never see the raptors, mm-hmm. because that way they can save on budget and not have to do just, that.
0: Just trees thrashing around and <clears throat> yeah. sound effects, and then the uh, and metal, it's still just as terrifying. The metal framework that they use to lower the cow down and comes up all yeah <laughs> in pieces, chains broken and, and yeah. whatnot. So you get uh, <laughs> a sense of what they're what uh-huh. they're going for without actually revealing the monster too early. Yeah.
1: And so, yeah, like, this movie leans really hard on sort of leading the audience to use their own imaginations to mm-hmm. fill in gaps where the technology couldn't have. Yep. So things happen just off screen. We see the reactions of characters. We see the aftermath of what happens. Mm-hmm. And it's just as effective. It's probably way more effective than what they could have done. And you see now, the, with the technology that we have, we're too lazy. We mm-hmm. don't do that anymore. We just yep. CGI it. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, and it's a well-known thing, too, that if you let somebody's imagination fill it in, it's going to be far better than... Oh, yeah, absolutely. ...on screen, so... Kudos to you. Yeah, Um, amazing work. Like, it's just... (laughs) It's so good. Who to you, Spielberg? Yeah. Um, Back on Malcolm, he's always talking about chaos theory. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite quotes from his, because I I say this all the time when I'm on, like, video calls and the call drops. (laughs) And here I am by myself talking to myself.
1: (laughs) That is chaos. I I now understand why everyone likes Jeff Goldblum so much. Because, like, I've seen him in a couple of more recent movies, and he's he's fine. Uh, He's pretty good. He's entertaining. But, like, oh, he just... He just kills this movie. Yeah, like he's I, so good.
0: I don't know if I've seen him in anything else.
1: Oh, uh, that's because you don't watch war. You don't watch Marvel
0: movies. Yeah, that's true. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he's pretty good in Thor Ragnarok.
0: Also, uh, there was some product placement in this movie, and it was just present but not obnoxious. I didn't even so notice. I thought it was. I thought it was really. Oh yeah, there's Ford and. Oh, I suppose. Um, Barbasol.
1: Well, yeah, a, I guess Barbasol sure
0: thing, and a couple other brands. But th- that's the thing is like it was there, made it feel like a real world. But it yeah, wasn't it just fit into
1: anxious. the story. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah.
0: And sometimes it's so obvious, like in the later movie, the uh, very obvious Apple product placement. Mm. They had going on. Mm-hmm. Um, I also have a note saying that the set design and gear
1: was really cool.
0: Oh yeah. Uh, some of it was kind of. Star Wars-ish reminiscent like the doors and things like that yeah
1: yeah it, it's a little sci-fi the mm-hmm. the park door like the way that the park operates but
0: you mm-hmm. know well I mean just the way the doors and things looked physically yeah I think it was very Star Wars ish yeah. but it didn't like distract you but I, I like the way things were designed they were yeah. designed to look cool yeah
1: yeah, I I totally agree. The the big like electrical fences and the the mm-hmm. airlock doors and everything, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. I was thinking specifically in the room where Nedry's going to steal the embryo. Yeah, he opens up those little There's just like dry ice effects and, everywhere and, and yeah. Everything is like uh know opened by uh, hydraulics and such mm-hmm. very sciencey um, yep and they've got little backlights on everything to make stuff glow and it just looked very sci-fi i yeah. liked it. it it
1: it looks a little out of place but i feel like it's supposed to because like the outside of the park is meant to look very natural and, mm-hmm. and old and then the inside that actually makes everything run is very modern
0: and yep scientific and clean and mm-hmm. efficient Mm-hmm. Uh, except when your only computer guy ends up deciding to destroy the park so that he can steal the embryo. so
1: so John Hammond I have a complaint mm. his one of his first lines is he says that he can he can judge a person's character almost uh, immediately, yes, and he didn't notice that your one and only computer guy was a disgruntled enough to want to betray you and had the time and forethought to set all of this up, and you had. No oversight on him mm-hmm. whatsoever. Mm-hmm. You just let him do all of this, and he gets away with it. Mm-hmm. Like that might be the hardest thing for me to believe in this movie about cloning dinosaurs from mosquito blood. Like,
0: <laughs> well, they spared no expense except when it came to Nedry. Yeah, except he even Nedry. says, "Don't get cheap on me." That was Hammond's mistake.
1: Yeah, no, his whole his whole complaint is just that they're not paying him enough. Uh huh. Like, <laughs> good grief, Newman. Anyway. Ah, uh, yes. It is interesting that all, like almost all of the problems that happen that cause the downfall of Jurassic Park are just, are, are man-made. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess they're all man-made, because dino- but anyway, like, if he hadn't, like, purposefully shut down all of that stuff, they'd have been fine.
0: hmm yeah. Which is interesting. Yes. Um, surely the storm would have knocked it out anyway, so they could have had a story, but... Um, yeah. I mean, it, you, a- you
1: could have had the storm do all of that, yeah. but... Um, this instead is it was a, Newman
0: this is a book so I'm curious how it, it happened in the book Yeah, Ooh, yeah I didn't know that the book.
1: there's also a really good video game that I remember my dad playing when I was very young you know you've, you've seen like games where you build like an amusement park you know like roller coaster with, tycoon or whatever with the concept, it's, yeah. it was one of those except you got to build your own Jurassic Park oh nice I kind of want to look it up it's a super old video game I kind of want to look it up now and see if I can find it because I just think that would be kind of fun you well, got to like, you know, you spent your money to make new dinosaurs and then you had to hmm. build enclosures for them and then they'd get loose and kill all the people in your park and you would have to like try to
0: Actually kind of sounds like fun. Yeah. If you could find one of the computers from this movie maybe it would have an operating system that would still run it. Nah, you can do <laughs> wonders with
1: emulation coding. Well, that's anyway.
0: to help me out with that. (laughs) Um, I'm not a a video game guy, but I used to play Age of Empires when I was a kid. Yeah,
1: it was around that era. Yeah, okay, all
0: right. Well, I I need a way to set that up on my new computer. All right. Just for the... We'll hook you up. (laughs) All right. Um, So they go out on their tour. Mm -hmm. Um, It's further reinforced that uh, Grant doesn't like children because the two grandchildren of uh, Hammond are going along, and he's trying to get them in the car that he's not in.
1: I mean, to be fair, the, the little boy is being very obnoxious oh, when we yeah, first meet him. Oh, yeah,
0: absolutely, um, <laughs> They go on their tour, then they have to cancel it halfway through. Um, the, the vehicles are, I don't want to say automated, but they run on the
1: track, so there's yeah. no drivers. It's like Disney World.
0: Um, I've never been there, but yeah, it sounds yeah. like it from what, I, from what I've heard. Um, I mean, so, technically
1: I went to Disneyland, but you know, whatever. Yeah,
0: um, they, they recall the vehicles halfway yeah. through. are they supposed to drive backwards
1: then they were
0: driving forwards
1: yeah but like when they recall them like do they they just reverse or is there like a a shortcut that goes back
0: I don't know I wonder if there's little loops in the system where they can turn them around if they need to
1: hmm maybe
0: yeah I don't know good question but they were they were definitely driving forward on the way back well yeah that's true um, you would think they'd just have little shortcut tracks where they could, you know, end the tour and take it straight back, rather yeah, than having you'd to think turn especially
1: around. Especially when your amusement park is full of killer reptiles. Mm-hmm. Um, you'd also think you'd have some more staff.
0: Yeah, well, mm-hmm. the park wasn't operational yet. Well, so yeah, I but you
1: got to have people in there for training and everything. What yeah, are you going to just like throw a bunch of college students in there and have them go at it? So the Tyrannosaurus <laughs> Rex attacks their cars.
0: Well, I got a couple notes before okay. that. Um, they so they get they get out of the car yep. uh, actually before it gets recalled. Yeah, why like, does he get out, out of the car? Chaos. Oh right, because <laughs> he wants to go check on this guy that's checking on a triceratops. Oh yeah, they're just defense. a random
1: dying triceratops. Is, is uh-huh. that ever explained? Like why? Because the triceratops is sick mm-hmm. and dying, and then they comment on how like the brontosaurus or whatever they're actually called is like all snotty and gross. Like, uh-huh. is there some sort of imperfection with the DNA? That never uh, that never yeah, actually gets paid they off
0: didn't, Yeah they didn't explain why it was dying I think it was just a purpose for them to get out And get separated And mm. maybe just a little side quest for them I, I don't mean
1: know. the uh, Ellie the female lead does mm-hmm. mention That like they have a bunch of plants that look really nice But they're poisonous or mm-hmm. something but,
0: Well and she does bring up the West Indian lilac And the guy's yeah. like yeah we know they're toxic But they don't eat them Well and, and then, then she, she goes
1: and investigates the giant pile of poop And she's like oh yeah they weren't eating I, those yep, mm-hmm, And exactly. then it's just never brought up again yeah. It did I, bother me a little bit.
0: You know, that's a good point. I don't know why it was dying, but Maybe know, they talk about it in the second movie. It was a point for them to get separated. No, they definitely
1: do not. Third movie? No. Sixth movie.
0: Well, well that remains to be seen. They'll finally
1: pay off <laughs> the snotty Brontosaurus... They're playing the long. In the game. sixth movie. That's what they'll do. I think it's called like Dominion or something. Hmm. Jurassic okay. World Dominion. Okay. All right. What the heck are they gonna never mind. We'll talk about that later. So the issue with them not being able to live in like their current climate oh my gosh they'll make it an environmental message that's what they're gonna do in the sixth movie that's yeah. what they were trying to do with this one
0: conserving the dinosaurs
1: well yeah i guess that, the they should have blamed one. the volcano eruption on global warming they should have i'm surprised they didn't that's for the second movie no that's the sixth movie fifth f- 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 well fifth and then sixth They should have done it in the fifth movie. Now they do it in the sixth movie. But we're talking about the first movie right now. Yes,
0: we're still talking about the first movie. We're trying to anyway. Um, So Nedry shuts off all the systems right when the vehicles get to the Tyrannosaurus.
1: Of course he does. I think. Yeah.
0: Um, And that's why they get stuck there.
1: Yep. And then they feed a goat to the Tyrannosaurus.
0: Yeah, well, they tried to lure it out before. What
1: kind of horrifying park that you (laughs) are supposed to take your children to is just like, yeah, watch a Tyrannosaurus brutally (laughs) devour a goat. Now all of your kids are going to be traumatized. You're welcome.
0: Hey, man, they got to eat sometime. Might as well put it on display, you know? Yeah, Get some no, money but that's, off of it.
1: That's like, you advertise that as, the like, yeah. Jurassic Park after dark. And yeah. you take all of your teenagers right. to watch a dinosaur eat a goat.
0: You're right, yep, yep. Like. Um, so then we, we have the, the classic cup of water on the dashboard mm-hmm. with the ripples, the, like, ripples yeah. showing the tremors from the mm-hmm. dinosaur walking. Uh, I, just a quick behind-the-scenes note. I believe that was uh, achieved... By taking a bass guitar string and attaching it underneath the dashboard, and then they would pluck it to get the right oh, vibrations. Cool. Because uh, a friend of mine um, was trying to make uh, a dinosaur scene for a movie mm. uh, contest, and so he was looking into that because he wanted to do the same thing for his. Cool. But he couldn't get, it, his. it in his case, it was a cup on a countertop, and he couldn't get it to vibrate just right, so he mm. was looking up all kinds of different ways to... So the ripples looked natural. Yeah. So just a, a fun side I guess
1: I had never really considered. I figured they just had some really big guy jumping up and down next to it or something. Yeah,
0: well, you'd think you could just hit the, the other part of the dashboard. And yeah, but then pirate, it would, like, come
1: from one side probably yep, or yep. something. I yeah. think that's
0: why they ended up going with the guitar huh.
1: string. Smart smart people. Like, this is what I was talking about before. Like, people used to be so much more creative about how to accomplish things mm-hmm. before you could just, eh, do it with CGI. Mm-hmm. Like, eh. It's, it's a lost art.
0: Um... Yeah, and, well, hey, the best parts of this movie were the animatronics, not yeah. the not the, the puppetry, sure. the
1: animatronics, they look amazing. They've held up really well.
0: That's one of my huge complaints, too, from going from Lord of the Rings to The Hobbit is all mm-hmm. the CGI in The mm-hmm. Hobbit. It's just, mm-hmm. they, they could do so much more. Instead of some so huge
1: fake. guy in makeup to be <laughs> a, the lead orc, you've got this uh-huh. CGI monstrosity. Yep. Goblins were such a letdown. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, like, just the set and the design of everything to make it look believable with the technology that they had
0: mm-hmm. um, so the T-Rex in the, the scene where it's attacking the car the kids are alone in the car because the um, lawyer ran away because <laughs> the
1: lawyer went and hid in the bathroom this movie is not <laughs> kind to that character no,
0: no, it is not <laughs> He has a very quick death, though.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, it's not drawn out.
0: So while it's attacking the car, while the kids are inside, the dinosaur breaks through the glass on the top. Yes. And it that was actually, I think, partially a mistake, because the dinosaur had gotten so full of water from all the fake rain that it actually tipped over. Oh, and no. so those screams are real, because the kids <laughs> thought they were about to be crushed by a animatronic dinosaur.
1: I was going to say, the child acting in this movie is mm-hmm. almost entirely very good. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that's another mark of um, a good movie. It's just being able to get good child actors. It's a
1: lot easier when there's only two of them.
0: Yeah, well, it's true. And, but.
1: Like, the cast for this movie is not that big. Like, there's really not that many people in it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Anyway. But, yeah, that scene's really good. And, again, like, so we have the CGI Tyrannosaurus, but it's heavily obscured by, like, rain and fog and everything in you know in some of the shots and then obviously it's a it's an animatronic in other shots but you know that's just really good filmmaking knowing okay so we can do this but it'll look better if we kind of obscure it a little bit if we do this and that mm-hmm. to to cover those weak spots in the limitations of the technology that we have yep it's, it's really good looks really good
0: uh grant gets out and this is in the start of his character development, he gets mm-hmm. out to go help the kids because they're trapped in this vehicle alone. Yeah. He and Malcolm distract the He wrecks. Yep. And then it gets distracted and goes and eats because it's following Malcolm. Yeah. And I, I, I caught it this time. Uh-huh. When you see it from the inside of the bathroom where it bursts through, Malcolm actually goes flying off of its nose.
1: Yeah. No, I saw, I saw that. Okay. I yeah. had never
0: seen it in all my previous watches.
1: hmm
0: And, uh, then it eats the lawyer. So then Grant is over there trying to get the kids out of the car. Yeah. And, uh, the t-rex comes back and he says you know stay still can't see you if you don't move
1: boy what a good guess like there's no (laughs) way he could have known that for sure that's just like something that we kind of think maybe was the case with tyrannosaurus and he's like yep now i'm going to bet my life on this knowledge Uh and it worked
0: uh also i just had a quick note though but yeah but it can still smell you because it was only two feet away surely it Well, it's raining
1: really hard though so
0: sure okay yeah Mm mm-hmm
1: not until later with the Indominus Rex can we track scent trails through rain. <laughs> I guess. Yep.
0: Um, Freaking. Anyway. Quick note on the one glaring inconsistency in this movie mm. is the drop off. Mm-hmm. Um, first we see it as level ground. Yep. There's just a little concrete barrier. And a goat. The, uh, the electronics are the, the, the electric fences on and then the goats on the other side. And then later the goats gone and it's just a drop off. Yeah. Like, it's like a what? Like a hundred foot drop? Yeah, like. Yeah. And that's where the cars get thrown <laughs> over shortly after this all happens uh-huh. by the T Rex or one If you've
1: got a 100 foot drop, like, first of all, what are you doing there? Like, what are you supposed to see there? Yep. And secondly, like, maybe a little taller fence?
0: That's, why it's, that's why it's so glaring. Oh, gosh. Because, um, yeah, that would Makes the scene really for, good, though. Would have been great for containing the dinosaur, but. Yeah. Uh, my next note is uh, no wonder you're extinct. I'm going <laughs> to run you over when I come back down. <laughs> Such a great line Delivered by Nedry As he's trying to yeah. escape In a yeah. jeep
1: He gets killed by this Little dinky dinosaur It's so it's funny It spits venom Well I mean It spits crap in his eyes I guess But like Well
0: if you were listening During the tour yeah, Earlier It's the first one They introduced in the yep. tour I did notice uh-huh. that Uh huh there's so much stuff that's set up and paid mm-hmm. off later in foreshadow. It's a
1: very tight loop except for a couple of things uh-huh. that really stand out because everything else is so well done.
0: And you hear Samuel L. Jackson several times announcing when the boat is going to leave, which is, becomes important later when Nedry's trying to escape. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I never that that whole side plot could have been developed a lot more because but it doesn't really need to be. It's just sort of generally like this guy is trying to steal the st- the like, you know, DNA and he's mm-hmm. going to get to the boat. Mm-hmm. You don't need to do any more than that. You could have, but you yeah, know, it works trying out. To,
0: trying to sell it to another company because he says, yeah. your company gets to catch up on 10 years of research.
1: Yeah. Um, do we find out any more about that other company in the other movies?
0: I like don't two and three? think so. Because mm-hmm. in number two, they go to the island to try to steal mm-hmm. or capture. Mm-hmm. Um, the, it's the InGen company. Um, they're
1: the one. They're, that yeah. logo was in... Mm-hmm. This this la- the fifth movie. It's in the
0: first one as well. Mm-hmm. It's I guess the John Hammond's company or mm. John Hammond's company. I don't okay. know exactly how they play in. You can see it on the side of the helicopters in the first movie. Okay. Um, but then there's bad guys that have bought it or whatever in the second movie, and they're going back to try to collect specimens. Ah. Which I have in my notes for this, this okay. last movie we watched. Okay. Okay. Um,
1: also, um, uh, I'm really glad. Uh, speaking of not Newman what is his real character Nedry Nedry when uh, Nedry just like completely hex over the entire computer system I'm really glad that the rest of the people in the compound weren't just completely computer illiterate Mm -hmm. as most movies would have done uh in this case like they'd have just been like I don't know how computers work at all what will we do Uh, the rest of them like kind of understand how it works and specifically Samuel L. Jackson's character Mm -hmm. like actually knows how to fix it it's just gonna take him too long Mm mm-hmm um i I, I don't know i just really appreciated that that's way more realistic than just like well we're not the computer guy we don't know how to turn on a computer
0: yep Yep. uh then we get to the t-rex chase and i just want to make a quick note i actually toured warner brothers when i was out in california yeah um going to the little brad tarpets and i was out there for other reasons that was actually when we were filming that movie right um when i became a professional actor (laughs)
1: Right, <laughs> professional. You got paid.
0: Yep. Anyway, uh, so I toured Warner Brothers on one of the days off. and And yeah. uh, there's a, apparently, they, this is a Universal Studios movie, but apparently they used a little bit of Warner Brothers lot. So yeah. there's a stretch of road that's... I don't know 100 feet long and so they of course took us past that on the tour and said you know this is the famous spot where it's filmed and you know it's made to look like a quarter mile or more in the movie but it's just them driving past the same place different directions with different camera angles
1: is this the road where Malcolm is sitting facing backwards looking at the T-Rex just must go faster must go faster oh I love that
0: when they first find him too one of my favorite quotes is remind me to thank John for a lovely weekend
1: yeah yeah I remember I said that while we were watching the movie like this guy has been laying there in and out of unconsciousness with a tourniquet on his leg just hoping that someone finds him so he can deliver that line
0: uh-huh uh-huh <laughs> I've been there though you, uh, you think of something really clever to say yep. and you have to preserve yep. He's like, the situation please <laughs> let
1: me say this line before I die that's that's all he wants Malcolm's such a great character
0: so this is where Alan really has a lot of character growth where he yes. starts to
1: actually care about these kids and trying
0: to trying to help them survive being yeah. eaten by dinosaurs and yeah
1: and, uh, we get this lovely, yeah, like he he grows from the person at the beginning of the movie who just like hates kids to like, well, I have these two children that are relying on me for survival. Guess I'm gonna try and keep them alive, which is a very believable thing. Like anyone mm-hmm. would do that, mm-hmm. but it, it shows us a believable arc for that growth to occur.
0: Well, and he's not just doing what any human would do, but he actually starts to care about yeah. them. So yeah, he's
1: like caring for them and not just keeping them alive.
0: So, the next note I had is just on the actual size of T-Rex, or of, of Velociraptors, which we already talked about. Mm. Um,
1: I think the scene where he, uh, where, like, they're all sleeping in the tree after they've escaped, um, mm-hmm. and then, like, they wake up and, and pet the Brontosaurus or whatever, mm-hmm. really, like, exemplifies the running theme in this movie about, like, sort of the that, that juxtaposition and balance between, like, the beauty of nature mm-hmm. and the fact that it can and will kill you <laughs>
0: <laughs> yep
1: and like i think the the more like high concept idea is like you know a, a healthy respect for nature but i i mean for me it was literally just that sort of duality of yeah it's really pretty over there <laughs>
0: <laughs> yep um i that's the end of my notes here other than to say that the, uh. lo- the love story wasn't too bad it wasn't on the nose it was just fine
1: i have i have a couple more uh it's really interesting that they like the budget for this movie can't have been small i don't know what it was but like it looks like they built an entire theme park like in some of the scenes Uh those sets are extensive yeah and i mean the cgi at that time all of the animatronics like it's insane oh here we go uh 63 million dollar budget hmm
0: Opening weekend, it made $47 million. Yeah, that's... So that's not bad. That's, that's not terrible. And it grossed $404 in the U.S. and Canada. Yeah. Worldwide.
1: Yeah. The return on that's pretty good, I think. <laughs> yeah. It is really interesting that, like, today, you you hardly ever see such a big budget thrown at a movie that's not a sequel or a remake or, you know, part of the Marvel franchise. But, I mean, it, mm-hmm. it must have been so refreshing to just be like, oh, hey, look, a completely new idea mm-hmm. in the movie, in the theater. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) I wonder
0: how much of that is just that everything's been done before as it relates to movies. You know, Spielberg was the pioneer on a lot of this stuff, and you see it coming up in future movies, his tropes and things like that, so...
1: Yeah. One other thing, I was talking before about how I really enjoyed how slow the build-up was to the first one, or, like, in in the beginning of this movie, and uh, they also show a remarkable level of restraint in the scale of their climax... It's not like, you know, for instance, a giant volcano exploding on an island, or like mm-hmm. a huge battle in space between. It's it's like two kids in a kitchen running away from two raptors. Mm-hmm. But it's still an amazing climax to this movie. Mm-hmm. You, do, which just goes to show, you don't need massive scale. You just need emotional stakes uh-huh. for a good climax.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah, they they did a good job creating peril. You, Marvel. Having... <laughs> they did a good job creating the peril without it having to be i don't know big crazy scene yeah um i loved the scene where ellie says uh you know there's only one velociraptor on the loose unless i learned how to open doors and, and then immediately it immediately shows <laughs> an opening door it immediately cuts <laughs> to the door handle of the kitchen and the velociraptor gets in uh,
1: yeah it was amazing
0: um yeah
1: like like you said earlier yeah like the, the cuts between different things mm-hmm. and this movie we'll talk about it more when we get to the the fifth movie Excellent use of comedy on occasion. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't distract from those two tones of, like, the wonder of nature and, oh my gosh, the nature's going to eat us. (laughs) It shifts back and forth between those two. And then there's also comedy, but it doesn't distract and pull away from that. Mm -hmm. The same cannot be said of the fifth movie.
0: (laughs) I don't have anything more on the first one. You got anything? No, I think think
1: that's about it. I mean, overall thoughts, it's really good. Um, Um, It's not perfect. There are things that I thought were yeah and i mean it's nineteen ninety three the the effects aren't jaw dropping but they're mm-hmm. really surprisingly good for ninety
0: three uh so for this movie, what was your favorite character
1: for the first one mm-hmm. um i mean Malcolm is the funniest character mm-hmm. uh i really appreciate just like the male lead grant like he's just a mm-hmm. he's just a great character he's a he's a really good person
0: yeah, he's a pretty, pretty he's just, solid guy. He's
1: just unironically a good person mm-hmm. who does good things. He's competent, but not overly competent. Uh, it's hard to find a character like that in recent movies.
0: Mm. <laughs> My favorite character is probably Muldoon, mm. the, uh, the ranger guy that gets eaten. Yeah. He uh, doesn't get developed very far, but he's just one of those guys. You could tell he's been around the world a few times, and he's seen a few things. Yep. yep uh, i
1: I would watch a whole prequel movie of muldoon
0: (laughs) as they're getting the park set up don't let hollywood hear you hear that because
1: they'll make it it won't be as good as i want it to be
0: yeah uh favorite scene
1: uh oh boy i don't know um yeah i have no idea my Uh... favorite
0: was (laughs) i love helicopters so it was the helicopter scene where they're flying into the Island mm. through those giant canyons, yeah, and the inspiring Jurassic Park music plays just doesn't get much better than that, that. is that is
1: really good um oh my, God. no, I remember now, i not maybe uh my favorite scene, but the one that I laughed the most at was when they're hiding in the control room from the velociraptors chasing them, and uh they bring they they're like, okay, we need to use the computer to lock the door, which, first of all, physical overrides people. You need to have mm-hmm. mechanical locking mechanisms.
0: That comes up so <clears throat> many times in these movies. Yeah,
1: and also the default option for a security door should not be open. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Anyway, sidetracking. And so the the girl, like the, the, the female child... Lex. Lex, uh, who like in four lines earlier was set up to be like a computer nerd but mm-hmm. you know that's enough pay- she's a hacker out. remember yeah she's First a hacker oh a my gosh the hacker. 90s i missed out <laughs> it's really a shame um but she's like oh i can go and do that and i'm like great she's gonna go over there and she's gonna like you know type in some commands on there no no it's this fully realized 3d modeled like graphical interface i just i love it so much it's so unreal that is that is the the part of this movie that I have the hardest time believing is real not the mm-hmm. dinosaurs that thing in 1993 that's that's what I don't believe exists
0: Spare no <laughs> expense.
1: <dark> <laughs> oh anyway so Jurassic Park deserves to be it deserves its status as a classic it was so good in fact that it lasted long enough to produce Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom
0: alright well that's all for this week's episode we continue the conversation in the next upcoming episode in the meantime don't forget you can send us an email to at gmail.com and thanks for listening
1: Uh, okay, were we still recording? Are we just cutting that out?
0: Yeah, I'll just cut it out. Sweet, we're still rolling with me, so
1: no one will ever hear me say potato lobsters.
0: Well, they will when lobsters. I when I cut it out and put it in the uh, bloopers at the end. <laughs> See, that's one of the great things—you don't listen to the podcast. Either. I really don't. I mean, you have no idea what no. I include. You could just <laughs> selectively
1: edit me to make me sound like an idiot, or you could just leave it and in, in same effect. Edit. <laughs> <laughs>